Chapter Thirty of Thrilling Narratives of Mutiny, Murder, and Piracy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Thrilling Narratives of Mutiny, Murder, and Piracy by Anonymous. The Wrecked Seaman. The annexed thrilling sketch is extracted from The Life of a Sailor by a Captain in the British Navy. It relates to the exposures of the crew of the Magpie, who had taken to the boat after their shipwreck on the coast of Cuba. The boat was upset. The storm continues. Even in this moment of peril, the discipline of the Navy assumed its command. At the order from the lieutenant for the men on the keel to relinquish their position, they instantly obeyed. The boat was turned over, and once more the expedient was tried, but quite in vain. For no sooner had the two men begun to bail with a couple of hats, and the safety of the crew to appear within the bounds of probability, than one man declared he saw the fin of a shark. No language can convey the idea of the panic which seized the struggling seamen. A shark is at all times an object of horror to a sailor, and those who have seen the destructive jaws of this voracious fish, and their immense and almost incredible power, their love of blood, and their bold and daring to obtain it, alone can form an idea of the sensations produced in a swimmer by the cry of, A shark! A shark! Every man now struggled to obtain a moment's safety. While they knew that one drop of blood would have been scented by the everlasting pilot-fish, the jackals of the shark, and that their destruction was inevitable, if one only of these monsters should discover this rich repast, or be led to its food by the little rapid hunter of its prey. All discipline now was unavailing. The boat again turned keel up one man only gained his security to be pushed from it by others and thus their strength began to fail from long-continued exertion however as the enemy so much dreaded did not make its appearance smith once more urged them to endeavour to save themselves by the only means left that of the boat but as he knew that he would only increase their alarm by endeavouring to persuade them that sharks did not abound in these parts, he used the wisest plan of desiring those who held on by the gunwale to keep splashing in the water with their legs, in order to frighten the monsters at which they were so alarmed. Once more had hope begun to dawn. The boat was clear to her thwarts, and four men were in her hard at work, a little forbearance and a little obedience and they were all safe at this moment when those in the water urged their messmates in the boat to continue bailing with unremitted exertion a noise was heard close to them and about fifteen sharks came right in amongst them the panic was ten times more dreadful than before the boat was once again upset by the simultaneous endeavour to escape the danger and the twenty-two sailors were again devoted to destruction at first the sharks did not seem inclined to seize their prey, but swam in amongst the men, playing in the water, sometimes leaping about and rubbing against their victims. This was of short duration. A loud shriek from one of the men announced his sudden pain. A shark had seized him by the leg and severed it entirely from the body. 
no sooner had the blood been tasted than the long-dreaded attack took place another and another shriek proclaimed a loss of limbs some were torn from the boat to which they vainly endeavoured to cling some it was supposed sunk from fear alone all were in a dreadful peril mr smith even now when all of the horrible deaths the most horrible seemed to await him gave his orders with clearness and coolness and to the everlasting honour of the poor departed crew be it known they were obeyed again the boat was righted and again two men were in her incredible as it may appear still however it is true that the voice of the officer was heard amidst the danger and the survivors actually as before clung to the gunwale and kept the boat upright mr smith himself held on to the stern and cheered and applauded his men the sharks had tasted the blood and were not to be driven from their feast in one short moment when mr smith ceased splashing as he looked into the boat to watch the progress a shark seized both legs and bit them off just above the knees human nature was not strong enough to bear the immense pain without a groan but mr smith endeavoured to conceal the misfortune nature true to herself resisted the endeavour and the groan was deep and audible the crew had long respected their gallant commander they knew his worth and his courage on hearing him express his pain and seeing him relinquish his hold to sink two of the men grasped their dying officer and placed him in the stern sheets even now in almost insupportable agony that gallant fellow forgot his own suffering and thought only on rescuing the remaining few from the untimely grave which awaited them he told them again of their only hope deplored their perilous state and concluded with these words if any of you survive this fatal night and return to jamaica tell the admiral sir lawrence halstead that i was in search of the pirate when this lamentable occurrence took place tell him i hope i have always done my duty and that i here the endeavour of some of the men to get into the boat gave her a heel on one side the men who were supporting poor smith relinquished him for a moment and he rolled overboard and was drowned his last bubbling cry was soon lost amid the shrieks of his former companions he sunk to rise no more at eight o'clock in the evening the magpie was upset it was calculated by the two survivors that their companions had all died by nine the sharks seemed satisfied for the moment and they with gallant hearts resolved to profit by the precious time in order to save themselves they righted the boat and one getting over the bows and the other over the stern they found themselves although nearly exhausted yet alive and in comparative security they began the work of bailing and soon lightened the boat sufficiently not to be easily upset when both sat down to rest the return of the sharks was a signal for their return to labor their voracious monsters endeavored to upset the boat they swam by its side in seeming anxiety for their prey but after waiting some time they separated the two rescued seamen found themselves free from their insatiable enemies and by the blessing of god saved tired as they were they continued their labor until the boat was nearly dry when both lay down to rest the one forward and the other aft 
so completely had fear operated on their minds that they did not dare even to move dreading that an incautious step might have capsized the boat they soon in spite of the horrors they had witnessed fell into a sound sleep and day had dawned before they awoke to horrible reflections and apparently worse dangers the sun rose clear and unclouded the cool calm of the night was followed by the sultry calm of the morning and heat hunger thirst and fatigue seemed to settle on the unfortunate men rescued by providence and their own exertions from the jaws of a horrible death they awoke and looked at each other the very gaze of despair was appalling far as the eye could reach no object could be discerned the bright haze of the morning added to the strong refraction of light one smooth interminable plain one endless ocean one cloudless sky and one burning sun were all they had to gaze upon the boat lay like the ark in a world alone they had no oar no mast no sail nothing but the bare planks and themselves without provisions or water food or raiment they lay upon the calm ocean hopeless friendless and miserable it was a time of intense anxiety their eyes rested upon each other in silent pity not unmixed with fear each knew the dreadful alternative to which nature would urge them the cannibal was already in their looks and fearful would have been the first attack on either side for they were both brave and stout men and equals in courage and strength it now being about half past six in the morning the sun was beginning to prove its burning power the sea was as smooth as a looking-glass and saving now and then the slight cat's paw of air which ruffled the face of the water for a few yards all was calm and hushed in vain they strained their eyes in vain they turned from side to side to escape the burning rays of the sun they could not sleep for now anxiety and fear kept both vigilant and on their guard they dared not to court sleep for that might have been the last mortal repose once they nearly quarrelled but fortunately the better feelings of humanity overcame the bitterness of despair the foremost man had long complained of thirst and had frequently dipped his hand into the water and sucked the fluid this was hastily done for all the horrors of the night were still before them and not unfrequently the sharp fin of a shark was seen not far off from the boat in the midst of the excruciating torments of thirst heightened by the salt in the water and in the irritable temper of the bowman as he stamped his impatient feet against the bottom boards and tore his hair with unfeeling indifference he suddenly stopped the expression of rage and called out a sail whilst they stood watching in silence the approach of the brig which slowly made her way through the water and at that very instant they were assuring each other that they were seen and that the vessel was purposely steered on the course she was keeping to reach them the whole fabric of hope was destroyed in a second the brig kept away about three points and began to make more sail then was it an awful moment their countenances saddened as they looked at each other for in vain they hailed in vain they threw their jackets in the air it was evident that they had never been seen and that the brig was steering her proper course 
the time was slipping away and if once they got abaft the beam of the brig every second would lessen the chance of being seen besides the sea breeze might come down and then she would be far away and beyond all hope in a quarter of an hour now was it that the man who had been so loudly lamenting his fate seemed suddenly inspired with fresh hope and courage he looked attentively at the brig and then as it, at his companion and said by heaven i'll do it or we are lost do what said his shipmate though said the first man it is no trifle to do after what we have seen and known and yet i will try for if she passes us what can we do i tell you jack i'll swim to her if i get safe to her you are saved if not why i shall die with without adding perhaps murder to my crimes what jump overboard and leave me all alone replied his companion look look at that shark which has followed us all night why it is only waiting for you to get into the water to swallow you as it did perhaps half our messmates no no wait do wait perhaps another vessel may come besides i cannot swim half the distance and i should be afraid to remain behind think tom think only of the sharks and of last night he jumped overboard with as much calmness as if he was bathing in security no sooner had he begun to strike out in the direction he intended than his companion turned toward the sharks the first had disappeared and it was evident that they had heard the splash and would soon follow their prey it is hard to say who suffered most anxiety the one left in the boat cheered by his companion looked at the brig and kept waving his jacket but then turned to watch the sharks his horror may be imagined when he saw three of these terrific monsters swim past the boat exactly in the direction of his companion he splashed his jacket in the water to scare them away but they seemed quite aware of the impotency of the attack and lazily pursued their course the man swam well and strongly there was no doubt he would pass within hail of the brig provided the sharks did not interfere and he knowing that they would not be long in following him kept kicking in the water and splashing as he swam there is no fish more cowardly and yet more desperately savage than a shark i have seen one harpooned twice with a hook in his jaws and come again to fresh bait yet will they suffer themselves to be scared by the smallest noise and hardly ever take their prey without its quite still generally speaking any place surrounded by rocks where surf breaks although there may be no passage for a ship will be secure from sharks it was not until a great distance had been accomplished that the swimmer became apprised of his danger and saw by his side one of the terrific creatures still however he bravely swam and kicked his mind was made up for the worst and he had little hope of success in the meantime the breeze had gradually freshened and the brig passed with greater velocity through the water every stitch of canvas was spread to the poor swimmer the sails seemed bursting with breeze and as he used his utmost endeavor to propel himself so as to cut off the vessel the spray appeared to dash from the bow and the brig to fly through the sea he was now close enough to hope his voice might be heard but he hailed and hailed in vain not a soul was to be seen on deck the man who steered was too intent upon his avocation to listen to the call for mercy 
the brig passed and the swimmer was every second getting further in the distance every hope was gone not a ray of that bright divinity remained the fatigue had nearly exhausted him and the sharks only waited for the first quiet moment to swallow their victim it was in vain he thought of his returning toward the boat for he never could have reached her and his companion had no means of assisting him the act of offering up his last prayer ere he made up his mind to float and be eaten he saw a man looking over the quarter of the brig he raised both his hands he jumped himself up in the water and by the singularity of his motions fortunately attracted notice a telescope soon made clear the object the brig was hove to a boat sent and the man saved the attention of the crew was then awakened to the magpie's boat she was soon alongside and thus through the bold exertions of as gallant a fellow as ever breathed both were rescued from their perilous situation End of chapter